Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report drops a bomb on us the day of the play-in game between the Hawks and the Hornets. Is this going to be Mitch Kupchak's last year as general manager? Is this going to be James Borrego's last year as head coach? And what do we think about Miles Bridges' possible contract extension? Does Borrego have the confidence in his two-star players? We talk about it all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. I am shook. It was just dropped on us. We were about to start talking about the Hawks Hornets 9-10 play-in matchup. It's game day, postseason basketball. Is LaMelo Ball going to have his first narrative moment of taking the team, putting them on his back, reaching the next level mm-hmm. of the postseason, possibly mm-hmm. getting them to a playoff series against the Miami Heat? But no, mm-hmm. Jake Fisher said, psych. He said, throw out. He didn't even he didn't bother to email us. No. He just said, throw out the rundown. <laughs> That's it. Just lit it on fire and threw it away. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to be talking about this today. You, this is like nine ten matchup isn't even a nice thing, and we still can't even have that nice of a thing here in Charlotte. This is what we're going to have to be talking about. It's Lockdown Hornets. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available on all platforms. That includes YouTube. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you see Doug, the producer, hard at work with the new graphics. We've got some other things coming up later on in the show as far as the graphics, maybe some new transitions, maybe some new sound but you see it right there. I don't know if it's better for the viewers that you have a more close-up view of my face, though. Now both of our pictures are bigger. For you, it looks great. Kind of tough for me, but I do appreciate you putting these graphics together. Uh, you're a beautiful human, and uh, it's it couldn't Thank have you. happened on a better show because a lot of people are going to be watching this. They want to know what the deal is with this Fisher article, Walker. What's going on here? So many things to talk about. Follow us on Twitter, Walker Mail, Doug Branson, LOH, Locked On Hornets. Yeah, I didn't know where to start. So where Jake Fisher starts in his article, it's Mitch Kupchak saying this could be his last year and that there are rumors circulating around in the NBA that Mitch could maybe hang it up altogether or just move in some kind of advisory role with the Charlotte Hornets instead of doing the general manager day-to-day operation. It is an unbelievably busy job. Like, look, for those that don't know, the Hernies, Marty Herney owns my station at 730 the game. I had a chance to talk with him before he had a second stint with Carolina. It's crazy how every single day you're out scouting, you're out visiting, you know, pro days or in basketball sense, having these workouts, trying to make sure that you're constantly thinking about what is best for the future of your franchise. Right. And if you don't, then you're fired. Like if you miss one day, it could be the next star or the next swing player or whatever. And Mitch Kupchak to me, Doug, like the, the feeling I get around this, It's not that Michael Jordan is wanting to move on from Mitch Kupchak because he's not happy with his job performance. That's not the feeling I get from this Jake Fisher article. And you guys can go read it again. Jake Fisher Bleacher Report just dropped this today. And there's, we got, the graphics are great, Doug. Stop trying to show off. Seriously, we got it. They're great. So you can go back and read this if you want. Like I get the feeling that Mitch Kupchak himself might be making this decision at 67 years old. I know Nada tweeted this at Nada the Scribe. Like I kind of agree is that the kind of sense you get before we move on to other parts of this article? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it just seems like, uh, you know, from the article that there's an uncertainty surrounding Mitch Kupchak's future as general manager of the Charlotte Hornets. And a lot of that uncertainty is rooted in the fact that he doesn't have an extension, unlike the head coach, James Borrego. I know there's a, a lot of uncertainty about his future from the from the YouTube commentariat. Uh, but from the perspective of guy who has a contract versus guy who doesn't have a contract, Mitch Kupchak is on the outside looking in. And as the article states, the uncertainty surrounding Kupchak has sparked the latest round of whispers in and around Charlotte that this may be Kupchak's final year helming the Hornets front office. And so the question is, Walker, how would that if it well, there's a couple of questions, a lot of questions out of this. Number one, is Mitch Kupchak long for this Hornets world? And if he's not Who's next, and how does that affect this this upcoming offseason? Which we should note, Walker, I think in my opinion, is one of the most important Charlotte Hornets offseasons in franchise history since, you know, when they were deciding whether or not to trade Alonzo Mourning and for what, when they were, you know, shifting from that one empire to the next. Uh, this is an extremely important offseason because the clock is ticking on the mellow ball because you have this huge extension uh, decision to make with Miles Bridges. P.J. Washington, you got to figure out his future, and you've got to figure out this big hole in the roster, which is the center position. Yeah, and, and even, I mean, they talk about that. Jake Fisher talks about the center position, and maybe that is some of the part where you look at there is some kind of responsibility had by Mitch Kupchak in the way that they're talking. We've talked about Mitch not addressing the center position a lot, but with this article, you know, they're discussing how they've decided to go with stop gaps instead of investing at that spot. He mentions Rashawn Holmes. He mentions Nerlens Noel, how both of those guys kind of thought yeah. there would be some money to be made in the Queen City, and it turns out, nope, that's going to go to Mason Plumley in the sense of they're just going to try to get a guy that fits the payroll a little better, not have a fully guaranteed contract this second year, and we're going to get a pick out of it that we'll use on JT Thor. Like Mitch Kupchak has really way more so tried to develop the long-term future of this thing as far as getting young talent, not letting it go, and not trying to be cap-strapped with guys he doesn't think is is worth it at that time and like this is another thing that's kind of mentioned here as, as we decide if Kupchak is going to stay for another year and and here's the other thing Doug like does it mean that he stays just one more year you know if, if we're having this kind of thing drop now at the end of this season and the the end seems to be coming does that mean he only has one more year after that, two more years after that? Is the end coming very soon? Kind of gives you the feeling that it is, even if this isn't his last season with Charlotte. Well, because this offseason is so important, whoever you decide to go with, whether you decide to extend Kupchak or whether you decide to you know, elevate Buzz Peterson, who's mentioned in the article, whether you decide to go with an outside candidate like Mark Eversley, the current Chicago Bulls general manager, who's right. also mentioned in the article, whoever you decide to go with, I think you need to be sure that the person making the decisions, the major decisions for your franchise in one of the most important off-seasons in franchise history is the person that you want to be responsible for those decisions to three, four years from now. The worst thing in like sports is when a, I mean, it's kind of happening with the Carolina Panthers right now with Matt Rule. Totally, when a guy, totally. when a guy who's making major decisions that have ripple effects year after year after year is not necessarily the guy who feels like they're going to be responsible for it in a, in a few years. So I think that's, that's number one. But, but when we're talking about why is this happening now, it's because Walker, we are in year number four 
of of the Mitch Kupchak era with an extension possibility, right? And what do they have to show for it? An embarrassing performance in a play-in last season. Now they're the 10th seed. They wouldn't have made the playoffs had there not been, or postseason, had there not been this play-in tournament. Okay, they do win more games, yes, but they're tenth seed. They're not favored. <laughs> they're getting five and a half points, thanks to BetOnline.net for those mm-hmm. uh, for those numbers there. Five and a half points. Okay, That's they're changed, not favored. By the way. We could but, be yeah. talking about a second play and exit in in the four seasons while you've got Lamelo Ball. That's why this is happening now. Uh, and and you're right. So four years don't have anything to show for it. That's been the argument against James Brego. That's been the argument against Mitch Kupchak. It's been the argument against the Charlotte Hornets. But as Jake Fisher verbatim writes, perhaps some perspective is needed. When Kimball Walker departed in free agency in 2019, Hornet staffers were prepared for the franchise to take a step back, advancing beyond the play-in tournament, especially after last season's flame out of the elimination game against Indiana. That would be progress for Charlotte's rebuild. So I'm having trouble navigating this because here we are now kind of talking about where they are compared to where they were when Mitch Kupchak and Borrego took over the, the Kimball Walker experiment, the indecisiveness there really, it, it, it threw you for a loop in what the Hornets were going to do. There's some criticism deserved for Mitch Kupchak, perhaps not trading him mid season. That's the mm-hmm. argument of. Are you thrilled with the last memories that you got from the Hornets all-time player? That's We've had those conversations a million times, and it's really tough. And really, Colin Sexton was the biggest value to be had in return at that time, should you have done it. But they also don't bring him back, and then he was criticized for that as well. Like It's kind of in the middle of whether you think Mitch Kupchak did a good job. And then here they are. You know, They get LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Like, it's great. You know, like it, there have been, there so have been great, there have been great decisions. Mm-hmm. There have been great decisions, Walker. But at the same time, what have we said a thousand times? Mitch, do something. It's it's the inability to pull off a maneuver that would put this team in legitimate playoff contention. That that's the reason why we are sitting here right now. And I think so. It, you it do said, kind of you do kind of think that this is more so from Michael Jordan and not necessarily or like the Hornets ready to move on and not necessarily Mitch Kupchak taking a step back himself. Well, the fact that they mentioned that he could slip back into an advisory role, I think, uh, goes to the fact that there's a great relationship between Mitch Kupchak and Michael Jordan, and that mm-hmm. relationship will continue beyond whatever Mitch Kupchak's capacity with this team is. And I think Mitch Kupchak has value to offer this team beyond being the general manager, because again, uh, he's had draft success for this team. So if that advisory role is for the draft, great. If it's for free agency, I'm not here for it. If it's for trading, I'm not here for it because that's what Mitch Kupchak has really been unable to do. He had some, I would say he had some mild success in in the moves to bring in uh, Montrez Harrell, which patched a hole but didn't patch the hole. Mm-hmm. And, and IT, bringing him in on a 10-day contract, those were savvy moves, but not those are savvy moves if you were already in playoff contention to be in more playoff contention, not for a team that needed something to happen to actually get them into playoff contention. Well, I mean, let's just, all right, let's just embrace the full on Mitch Kupchak evaluation conversation because that's how it's going, right? Like the the mistakes that I think Mitch Kupchak have made so far, you could argue not trading Kimball when they had a chance and instead letting him go for nothing, but letting him go was also the right decision. You could also argue his handling of the Dwight Howard situation. You've talked about this parlaying one bad contract for another, instead of just having Dwight Howard maybe bought out, 
Instead, they decide to trade. And instead, I believe Bismack Biombo was the contract that they got back in return. You didn't get much from Biombo. You did get great veteran leadership in the locker room because he's an all-time good guy, you know? And mm -hmm. in fact, you saw, I believe Kentucky's star center talked about how Bismack Biombo was a real mentor to him. You know, his name keeps popping up because of how whatever you still traded for a bad contract. Biz shouldn't be making the $18 million a year that he did, you know, free agency. You don't have Kelly Oubre on a bad deal. It worked out the first half, but it didn't work out the second. You don't go after a center, but also these trades like Jake Fisher mentions the Marcus Saul trade that never happened, which has been kind a of, lot of those. or famous, you know? So a lot of those, you also didn't want to get rid of talent for Marcus Saul. Like, is it worth it to go after Marcus Saul for a couple of years? And what does that get you in those points? Like there have been times where I, 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 you and I have talked about this. Rich Cho would get bamboozled in trades, you know, mm -hmm. like Mitch Kupchak wasn't going to do that. Like Mitch Kupchak was not about to be out here getting played. And I respected that as a small market team, not getting taken advantage of. And at the end of the day, it's all about building through the draft and they have drafted really well. LaMelo, Miles, PJ, all of them are going to make a decent amount of money on their second contract. Like Miles is out here. We'll talk about it later. Try to go for 170 through five years. Mello is going to get the max. PJ is going to get 10, at least 10, but 15. I mean, those are your first round picks and book night might be your first miss, but then you're talking about Cody, Jalen, Devonte Graham, you know, mm. Devonte Graham making for Like it's, it's weird. Free agency deals haven't been made, but also he hasn't, he hasn't killed their long-term ability and then you get to the Gordon Hayward contract, Terry, like it's, it's tough. Like I mentally wrestle with. Some okay. Stuff well, so done. that's, that's all great. Thank you, Mitch for, for drafting and getting us into the position. The question now, because Mitch is up for an extension, the question the organization now faces is, is Mitch Kupchak the right person to lead the Hornets into the next evolution, which is a team that needs to bring in veterans that needs to bring in talent from the outside, not draft, but needs to bring in talent from the outside. Is, is he the right person or is Mark Eversley who did that in Chicago? who brought talent from outside of Chicago in to build what was a an elite East team before they had a lot of problems that were not Mark Eversley's fault. Uh, is it time to bring in someone like that who can put pieces alongside LaMelo? And, and, the, and the thing that I want to really get to in the next segment is how does this affect Borrego? And the thing about Borrego is I have some of the similar questions that I that I have about Kupchak that I have about Borrego, which is, is Borrego the right person to lead the Hornets into the actual playoff evolution of this team? I mean, that's what we've been asking this entire time. We've been asking that question forever and only now are we starting to ask that about Mitch Kupchak with this piece dropping from Jake Fisher. You mentioned it though, Doug. Coming up, James Borrego conversation, whether he is going to be that guy that can take them to from a builder to a contender as the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets organization. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
Let's move on to the Borrego conversation as well as Miles Bridges contract extension, a couple of franchises in the NBA that could be trade partners for one Gordon Hayward. That's still to come on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Mitch Kupchak has outright told us that they probably got a little ahead of themselves with this playoff mandated season. And that interview that he had with Sam Farber, he's like, you know, we probably were a little too froggy at the beginning and we felt really good. Did he say froggy? Did he, did he really drop froggy. a froggy? I said froggy. I was all right. I, he didn't say that quote unquote, but I have to I have to imagine he was feeling that in his soul. <laughs> I, was, I, would, I would be I would be really surprised if Mitch Kupchak mm-hmm. threw in a froggy. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Look at that graphic. I like that. The old 90s. Uh, I feel like that's the water cup, the styrofoam pattern in the background and Charlotte Hornets colors. It's just a great graphic, and I appreciate that, Doug. And also, I think your criticism of Mitch is that he isn't feeling froggy. You need him to feel a little more froggy to jump at some of these moves. Well, it was a criticism that he had in, in the latter years of his Los Angeles days. It's easy to forget that, but like some of the criticisms on his way out of L.A. were that he couldn't play by the new rules, right? Like, there there's all kinds of sneak tampering going on and all these communications. And and uh, the criticism in L.A. was that he wouldn't play by those new rules. He wouldn't try to bend the rules to bring in big talent to L.A. Uh, and so I think, you know, we have to look at results and say, what, what talent has he legitimately brought in outside of the draft? Because, again, I'm giving him the draft. But mm-hmm. outside of that, it takes more than drafting. You've got to be able to bring in veterans so- via free agency and via trades. All right. You brought up Mark Eversley. The reason that name is involved here, because if Mitch Kupchak is indeed going to go this season being his last, then that Jake Fisher brings up a couple of these candidates, right? So this is the fourth season. Michael Jordan named Mitch Kupchak um, him as the general manager. And Mark Eversley was actually in the running uh, those uh, three, four years ago when they were looking for that next general manager, I'm trying to find this right up exactly here in the article. So quote, there have been plenty of rumored potential replacements over the years, but the two most commonly discussed names are Buzz Peterson, Jordan's college roommate at UNC (laughs) (laughs) and the Hornets assistant general manager since 2014. Mm -hmm. I mean, classic and Chicago bulls current general manager, Mark Eversley. Okay, that's fine. That's a name I've never heard associated with Michael Jordan. Go on. Correct. Who began his career at Nike, Ah! the parent company of Jordan (laughs) Brand. So close. (laughs) Eversley interviewed for the general manager position in 2018, but the role went to Kupchak instead. So here we are praising Mark Eversley for the job he did in Chicago. It's legit, right? DeMar DeRozan goes over there. Everybody destroyed that signing. I feel like Kevin Mm -hmm. O'Connor was the only one that celebrated it. Everybody laughed at it. Sure enough, Mm -hmm. it turned out to be a really good signing, at least for the first year of DeMar DeRozan's contract. I I don't know exactly. I think so. 2021 is when I believe he was named as the the GM of Chicago. So uh, maybe Patrick Williams was his draft pick. He looks like a really promising guy, but also got hurt this year and didn't play. So lots of good moves that he made. You also have the small market, big market conversation here, Doug. You know, in Chicago, huge market. And you can sign some of these guys where they might want to go to that city. You know, part of the defense of signing Gordon Hayward, which I was not here for, not like that move, but part of the defense was you have to shell out more money in order to get even this type of big name for Gordon in order to land some outside talent. 
And we, at the time, even still, it's probably the biggest free agent signing this team has ever had. Al Jefferson being the other one, but he still didn't have the star power Gordon Hayward did, at least at that time. He's a better, he's higher on the pantheon of Charlotte Hornets players, but he didn't have the kind of cachet that Gordon Hayward brought in. And so he did it. He dished out the money that Indiana wasn't willing to do in this article. Just another reference and rumor to Indiana's interest in Gordon Hayward. It, they almost traded Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward back in the day. Celtics Pacers couldn't come to agreement. Sure enough, it didn't work out. You know, point being like, is that something you worry about if Eversley is the guy? And do you just kind of throw your palms up in the air about this Buzz Peterson thing? Or are we just going to do the whole MJ familiarity thing again at the general manager spot? Well, I mean, honestly, like I'd feel bad if you were Buzz Peterson and they brought in Eversley. If you've been the assistant GM since 2014, it's not as if it's not as if Buzz Peterson hasn't put in the time, right? I mean, it, and it's not as if, and, and Buzz Peterson has been around, um, and I'm sure been influential in some of these. Eversley would be that, the my right move, in my opinion. By the way, though, like, okay, that, I'm just I'm just yeah, speaking gotcha. on it from that. You know, it's easy. It it would be. It would be fair criticism, I think, if Buzz Peterson came out of nowhere and then just became the general manager of the Charlotte Hornets, but he's been around this organization for a long time. Okay. Um, also, on the Eversley thing, he was with Philadelphia before Chicago, and that's what got him the Chicago job. He made several key moves for Philadelphia, one of those being drafting Matisse Theibel and the other, uh, the deal that brought in Tobias Harris to that team. Uh, I mean, he swapped, mm, let's see, Shamit, yeah. Chandler, and a pair of first-rounders for Tobias. Um, yeah. Know, doesn't look as good. Didn't age, well, but at the great. time, right? Sure, but I mean, at the time, I, I think. And it's, then he had to deal with the Jimmy Butler situation as well. Um, you know, I don't. I, again, I don't think that Phil, <laughs> he drafted Ben Simmons or he helped draft Ben Simmons too. Um, there's look. There's things <laughs> no. that the GM can control. Ben Simmons and had to be can. done. Yeah, true. I, that had to be done. Uh, I'm interested in what this means for James Borrego, right? Because Borrego's on an extension, um, mm -hmm. but. Uh, the same things, the same criticisms that I have for uh, for Kupchak uh, apply to Borrego as well. This is year four; the clock's ticking on Lamelo, and you know you want to make sure that whoever's your head coach moving into can can win you some playoff games and can get you into the playoffs because Borrego has, has not shown the ability to be able to do that. Um, All right, we'll see. It's still undetermined. They've got a game tonight against Atlanta to survive. Um, but he hasn't even coached a playoff series yet. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to that Borrego stuff now. Quote, but from Jake Fisher, the unclear future of Charlotte's basketball operations extends down to the Hornets coaching staff. Any change in mm -hmm. front office would naturally cast doubt upon the incumbent head coach, even with Borrego having just signed an extension while leading the Hornets to 10 more victories than a season ago. And despite a second straight campaign in which midseason injuries derailed Charlotte's early momentum. You know, so some, Interesting things there from Jake Fisher, probably from Jake Fisher himself, right? Hey, injuries derailed this, but we go on. By all accounts, here's the most important part, Doug. Okay. I, I honestly think it's probably the second most important thing here. By all accounts, Borrego maintains a strong connection with Charlotte's key players, most ball and bridges. LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges are confident in James Borrego. If that's not enough for you, let's scroll down to the very end of this article Mm -hmm. Jake Fisher writes this for all his flash LaMelo ball has impressed Hornets personnel with his professionalism and low maintenance approach to superstardom. Miles Bridges has emerged as a bona fide co-star Borrego has their trust. Like this is something I don't know how much we've questioned it. I never questioned it with miles. I always thought miles was a James Borrego guy, right? Or, and, and vice versa. I thought those two had a great relationship. You could tell with miles talking and post game availabilities, 
you can never really tell what LaMelo's thinking in some instances. You know, he doesn't give you a lot. We know how he is in media availability. He's still funny and engaging, but not whatever. We didn't know their relationship as well. But here, Jake Fisher is saying that by all accounts, their relationship is pretty good. That LaMelo actually is confident in James Brega. What do you make of those things said by uh, Bleacher Report? I believe it. I mean, I believe they have a strong relationship because I think if if Borrego didn't have a strong relationship with LaMelo Ball by now, he wouldn't be the head coach at this moment, right? I think he would have been gone um, before this. So that's that's number one. And, and the, the other evidence that I have for that is that LaMelo Ball has had opportunities to make mention of a relationship, even, even subtly make mention of it. I mean, he did that candid slam article and and had some comments, had some criticism of the organization that I didn't really read as a, a direct criticism of Borrego. Now, whether he feels that or not, I don't know, but he just didn't take that opportunity. He did take the opportunity to critique the fact that they didn't come into this season with a center, which yeah. guess who that lands on, Walker? That doesn't mm-hmm. land on James Borrego. That lands on the lap of Mitch Kupchak. He he criticized that, LaMelo Ball did, in that Slam article. And so, uh, I, you know, now my question would be, if I were running this organization, okay, they have a great relationship. That's awesome. But are are they listening to Borrego? Are, is, is Borrego managing the team strategically correctly? Like there's things that go beyond the relationship. LaMelo Ball is the Roman emperor, right? He can, I think, even if a new GM comes in, say – Thumbs up, thumbs down on James Borrego. I want a new coach or I don't want a new coach. I think he will continue to acquire that power within the organization. Okay? Uh, but I think as an organization, you also have to say, all right, he has a great relationship. How great is it? Because yeah. if the strategy isn't there, if the results aren't there, if these players aren't uh, you know, getting better defensively, then I think you have to go to LaMelo and say, hey, how much do you like this guy? Because we, you know... We're, we're thinking about so, moving on. So that's fine. So are you saying how high is Joaquin Phoenix holding up his thumb? Because right. it, that that's matters, right? Is, right? It, is it like, <laughs> huh? or is it like, <laughs> because if, if it's, if it's just a solid thumb up in the air, then you don't get rid of the guy that your star player likes. But if I don't, not, I don't think I'm, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a, so, I, I think it's a solid thumb in the air. I don't think it's like a giant thumb in the air. Well, yeah. And that's, and look, now, now we sound ridiculous. This is first take. Does, this is classic does, thumb does, talk. Does, this does, is great. Does this Lamello is sports Ball, thumb talk. I, SNL is going to do a skit of this, this weekend. Locked on Hornets talks about does LaMelo Ball have a lot of confidence or does he have a super duper amount of confidence? What Netflix, Netflix just Borrego. added the. Netflix just added the two thumbs up button. So that's what I want to know. Is it one thumb or is it two thumbs? Because two thumbs makes a big difference in an organization. If your star player says two thumbs up to the coach, then you have to listen. But if it's only one thumb up, then you got you to rethink your, your strategy, I think. Well, regardless, yeah, the thumb up, the thumb up way high for LaMelo Ball <laughs> on James Borrego. It is going to be something that the Hornets have to consider because you got to appease the best thing that's ever happened <laughs> to this organization. So if, if he wants JB, like, and, and that's going to happen, that, that's why this whole GM search is going to be interesting. If Buzz Peterson, if there that, is a GM search, right, right, if, right, you if, know, let's be right, responsible here. Right. We right. don't know yet. Right. If Mitch Kupchak leaves, let's say this happens. probably will be. If much, but why, that's what, how much, I feel like we just need to have the speculation sound constantly playing over all of this. <sighs> if Mitch Kupchak leaves and Buzz Peterson is that guy, then you would think James Borrego and Buzz have to have some type of relationship. Maybe they don't. Maybe. I don't know. 
But you would think that that would bode a little better for JB because if you bring somebody from the outside in, they usually want to go with their own guy. That's how it is in all of sports. And when they try to make it work, which has also happened quite a bit, teams trying to make it work from a new GM that didn't hire the head coach and they don't fire him immediately, it doesn't turn out well. We've seen this with Carolina where it's actually the head coach now hiring the GM. And that's weird and probably a little bit of a different angle. But I just don't know. I, I don't know like how JB, I, I wouldn't feel good about the Charlotte Hornets organization having JB in place if they went with an outside GM because that usually just kind of spells disaster. It doesn't spell well. Two things we haven't mentioned in this conversation. Uh, one, I don't know. I'm sure his name came up at some point. You probably said it. I wasn't listening. But Gordon Hayward. Right. I mean, you got to hang that on Jack too, right? A little. I mean, that, that was a risk that he took. And it did, it didn't work out, but you have to be, you know, you have to take that demerit for taking that risk. That is, uh, that is now not only a disaster, but this goes to my point, which is that you are facing a crucial off season where you have to make some decisions about how to get out of that disaster. Mm -hmm. um, and, and who do you want leading that charge? That's, that's, that's the big question there. Uh, you know, which Russell is Westbrook's why I like this, Gordon, around, you know. this, this Gordon Hayward stuff, man, when people were, you know, talking about how great of a signing it was, even when Gordon was playing well last year, like before he went out, you know, I just, you, you gotta get through at least the midway point of these dudes contract. I mean, are, it's just, you got to man. Like, and now, and here we are talking about this Terry stuff. If you want to hear me criticize Mitch, those are the two moves. Like, mm -hmm. look, we'll, we'll see about Terry. Is Terry your second best player on a team you want to go deep into the playoffs? Is he your third best player that you feel like can go deep into the playoffs? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. And he's going to be making 25 mil a year that eats up a lot of cap space. Gordon Hayward making 30 mil a year. Like, okay, Mitch Kupchak took a calculated risk that this guy over 30 was going to get rid of all of the health scares and hopefully contribute. When he played, I think Gordon was really good, but he isn't instead, playing instead, nearly enough. Instead, he was Samuel L. Jackson from Unbreakable. Yeah, and this is and this is the problem, right? And so, like, <laughs> I think Mitch Kupchak has done a really good job drafting. I think Mitch Kupchak has done a good job of not mortgaging the future, getting them out for some instant gratification, but then that hasn't necessarily played out in free agency and this is the problem, right? Can you move Gordon? Do you learn from that mistake? Is there something to be learned from that mistake with Terry? And do you try to get out of Terry Rogier's contract right now? Like, I don't oh, know. You'd love that, wouldn't you? You'd love that. You've been against that be contract from day one. <laughs> well, uh, the, the other thing move. that we the other thing that we haven't mentioned yet is uh, there's a play in game tonight. Okay. And well, I there's a lot. Look, Miles Bridges is looking for 170 mil. Pacers maybe want Gordon Hayward. The Lakers maybe want Gordon Hayward in exchange for Russell Westbrook. There's a lot we haven't talked there's, about. There's so much. So that's fine. And we'll, we're going to probably go back over this article time and time again in, right. in this offseason, whenever this offseason starts for the Charlotte Hornets. It could start um, after tonight if they lose to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, but the thing is, how much does a blowout loss you know, affect this article, right? Or how much does a win affect the the things that are said about Borrego in this article? A lot, lot of interesting things. And we've got enough. We've yeah. been talking for 30 minutes now. We got uh, another segment coming up. I'm so excited. All right. Another segment coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We do have with this article. There you go. The instant graphic. You gave me the space. You got to give me the space. I don't. 
I don't know how to do what's what's the space though. Like I was trying to lead into it a little bit. So I want to show you. I want to show out. you. Ready? Hold on. Let me come back to the double box. We'll play let's, a little bit here. Let's go right, back this to is, curtain. Th- all right. Yeah. This is what I, I'm going to go solo on me. So this is what I'm looking for. Okay. Coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about <laughs> this playing. Okay, you got it? All right. Problem so is, look. I see you looking down frantically at your soundboard, and I don't know if you found the button to press with this brand new sound and graphic. <laughs> and so I don't know if I yeah, need hey, to trust me. To, you got to okay. trust. See, you got to you got to trust me like mm-hmm. LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges trust James Borrego. So just a little bit then, just like this. I don't even have to trust <laughs> I need you all two, the way up here. No, I need two thumbs up. Way up <laughs> I know you do. Here. All right. Last segment. Coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast. D. Nailed it. Beautiful thing. We'll talk more about this play-in game. There's an actual postseason matchup tonight with the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. But first, let's talk about Shady Rays. It's an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, uh, lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium, high-level, high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened so you can give them a try and if you don't love them you'll pay nothing it's as simple as that plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in america when you shop with shady rays exclusively for our listeners head to the shadyrays.com website and use code locked on to get 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses that's code locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Let's talk about this play-in matchup tonight coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti? And Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, Nas. they got Nas. I, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can we get- P. <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So we saw the play-in tournament start. How ha- I see you smiling. How happy are you with that? Graphic? I'm just what laughing at the timing of this article. Like it's perfect for Jake yeah. Fisher. Like it's great timing for the article for him to get the clicks. But like if you're if you're anyone within the organization, you're focused on this play-in game tonight. Like this is the perfect terrible distraction that you didn't need <laughs> as a five and a half dog. Uh, yeah, I know that line. It just gets worse though. Right. Because it was four and a half. I believe uh, when we talked about well, it, they probably Brad Vegas Rowling. probably got wind of the Fisher article. They were like, up, oh, nope, just slap another point and a half on there. Yeah. Jake is calling the Bellagio. Hey, this is dropping at 10 a.m. <laughs> Eastern on April 13th. Go ahead and bake that in. Um, and sure enough, they decided to drop that another. So, point. Hey, you know, we've done some Figured thumbs talk. Now, do you want to do the other classic? Can the team put the blinders on? Can they, can they weed out all of the distractions and put the blinders on? Yeah, it's a good point because you know, the Hornets are looking at this like, wait, is Mitch Kupchak going to leave? Like, mm, that's interesting. I, I wonder yeah. if this affects them at all. Like, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Can they put the blinders on and possibly start a moment that, would be the biggest moment of LaMelo Ball's career to this point. Like, I was thinking about this earlier today. What, what's the 
best thing you've seen from LaMelo ball in just a moment or like what's, what's his, when you think about success with LaMelo, I go back to the Milwaukee shot when you're rolling to your left, Mm -hmm. hitting that floater going away, we can go to the Mason Plumlee behind the back pass full court. You know, there's, there's a few of those highlight plays, like, I feel like his moment now is probably that Milwaukee shot. Any big shot within the last minute of this game would supersede that. And then you would get another opportunity to continue to have that only live like for 24 hours, essentially. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I hope that he's able to take advantage of this. I hope the Hornets in general are able to take advantage of this. Um, what do you think about tonight's game? And you have a game for us to play, right? Ifs, ands, and buts. Yeah, I've got some ifs, ands, and buts that we need to get to. Really important. When you have big questions, the way you answer those questions is, is with some ifs, ands, and buts. Okay. So I'm, I've got those coming up. But I do want to say this on the narrative piece because I agree with you. I think if if the Hornets win this game tonight, this is about LaMelo having a moment. And we saw last night Anthony Edwards, who was drafted a few spots above LaMelo Ball have his narrative moment. I mean, he absolutely crushed in that game against the Clippers and led the Minnesota Timberwolves after Carl Anthony Towns had fouled out. Their other star fouls out of the game. They go on this big run led by D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards at 30 points in that game. Now, LaMelo's a different player. He's not a pure scorer. He's going to impact the game in a lot of different ways, right? He doesn't need to score 30 to have that same kind of impact that Anthony Edwards has, but he needs to have big moments late in the game uh, that lead the Charlotte Hornets team over the Atlanta Hawks. And and I really, I really hope it happens. I hope we don't have to delay that until next season. Okay, ifs, ands, or buts time. I've got All a right. few ifs. I've got one and and one but. What do you want first? Mm, let's go with the but first. You want to go butt first? Butt first. I, let's let's go butt last. Let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna step in and say let's go butt last. <laughs> why? Who? Why, why are you asking me that? All right. Let's go and. Let's go and first. Is okay, that okay. Great choice. Great choice on the end <laughs> first. All right. Tonight, blank. This you're answering this question. Okay. Tonight, okay. blank will lead the Hornets in points, and blank will lead them in assists. I'll go Miles Bridges leads in points. I'll go LaMelo Ball leads them in assists. I think Miles Bridges is going to have a lot of opportunities to attack anybody. I heard Zach Lowe and Kevin Artovitz talking about this. The only guy that is going to be able to maybe be a neutral matchup with Miles is DeAndre Hunter, but everybody else, Miles, can take it to the rim. He's really been taken over lately. Uh, look, as much as we talk about this being a moment for LaMelo, this could be it for Miles too. Like he's looking to get a huge payday, as mentioned in that Jake Fisher article. Miles is going to lead in points. LaMelo having the high usage percentage, having the basketball in his hands a ton. LaMelo is going to lead in assists. I think that's what Atlanta expects, and that's why I'm going to flip-flop it and oh. say I think I think uh, LaMelo actually leads in points, and I think Miles Bridges actually leads them in assists. He's been wow. passing better this season. Zigzag. You're a zagger. Always just, has been. Just slightly. Just slightly. I think, you know, Miles Bridges has seven. LaMelo has six. And I say that, too, because I think for the Hornets to win, this needs to be a full-team assist kind of game. It doesn't need to be LaMelo having 15 assists. It needs to be everybody having six or seven assists. That's what wins them this game. All right, The assist uh, numbers have, even for LaMelo standards, they've been pretty nuts for him here lately. Okay, I got two ifs left. Do you want if one or if two? If one. All right, if number one. If the Hornets do blank tonight, they will beat the Atlanta Hawks and stay alive in the play-in. Hit three pointers seems to be too easy. I'll say win the w- win the center matchup. 
the, the game within the game is going to be when they decide to go small, is Clint Capella going to be able to punish that lineup because Clint Capella has been playing so much better, or are they just going to be able to stretch the floor? PJ Washington hits his threes. Clint yep. can't just pack up can't, right. and, and set up camp down low. And so like Montrez Harrell, when do you unleash the beast with Harrell and just want to boom, let's throw some energy on this. I, I think the game within the game is going to be what you do down low at the center spot. And so if they win that matchup, limiting Capella, PJ wins his minutes, you know, Trez is utilized correctly by Borrego. I think if you win that, that's going to be the key. It's a savvy move there, throwing a thousand things up against the wall. One of those has to be right. I'll hone in on PJ Washington. I can't I think wait to P- brag tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think if PJ Washington scores... I'm going to say 17 points. If PJ Washington scores 17 points, you're very specific with yours. You are. I will say that if he scores 17 or more, I mean, or more, obviously Mm -hmm. he scores 17 or more points. That's a big game. That's a big scoring game for PJ. It means he's hitting his threes. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of in line with you. I'm just not throwing a thousand things up against the wall. All right, here we go. If number two, and then we'll do butt last because butts on the bottom. You got to do butt last. Mm -hmm. Um, If the Hornets beat the Hawks tonight, do they have a shot at beating the Cavs based on what you saw against Brooklyn? Absolutely. I think the Hornets have a shot. The Hornets have a yeah. shot of beating anybody. We've seen them do this all season long. You know, it, it's Brad Rowland mentioning this team being very high variance. If they're hitting their shots, they can do it for two games in a row. Still don't and, know what that means. Yeah, you know, it's okay. Uh, I, I've given up. If they're high variance and they're hitting their shots, then they're going to be able to, you know, beat the Cleveland Cavaliers for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think absolutely. Like, it's it's not, oh my God, the Nets lost unexpectedly to the Cavs. If that happened, if the Cavs pulled off that upset, Hornets are going home. They're just not reaching the playoffs, but it didn't happen. I do believe in their ability to beat the Cavs. Yeah, Garland had a great game. I mean, I think that's that's as good of, of a Garland game that you're going to get. And uh, Brooklyn was able to survive. And I think the Hornets can do the same thing. Okay, are you ready finally for the butt? I, I wanted it first, but you held it from me. Of course I'm ready. All right, here we go. The butt. Oakland Athletics hitter Sean Murphy took a baseball off the butt, and the video is everywhere. You can go check it out. Which Hornets player could take the high heat on the hiney and live to tell the tale? P.J. Washington. And before that, I was going to say. And before that, you know who it is before that. You can, I mean, the, the, the other roster that came in before this iteration of the Charlotte Hornets, you know who it is, Doug. Come on. You know the answer. As soon as I say it, you're going to be like, yeah, you're right. He is the most equipped to take uh, a high But two had a booty that wouldn't quit. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what to do with that sentence. <laughs> he did? Marvin Williams is the answer. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's more. All right. That caboose, was, that caboose was on the loose. True. I mean, Kyle Lowry is obviously the Classic. platinum standard. Yeah, Marvin Williams, P.J. Washington, our power forwards have powerful boots. Powerful. All right, that'll do it for the Lockdown <laughs> Hornets podcast. Thanks for joining us making us your first listen every single day. We have fun here. Try to. Uh, appreciate you hopping on with us. Make your second listen, Lockdown NBA. Lockdown experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday. In less than 30 minutes, it's free and available wherever you get your pods. I think Wes Bryan is going to be joining us tomorrow to talk about this play-in matchup. There still is a decent amount to talk about from this article, so that might just, uh, we'll probably be eating off of that, eating the leftovers as the week goes on going into the next week. 
Good luck to the Hornets tonight. We'll see exactly what happens. We'll talk about it tomorrow on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Mm-hmm.